really good. Well done. Good job, band. Thank you, Carissa, for leading them. Beautiful. All right, so um, we are in chapter two of Luke for our final gathering tonight um, in our journey of Advent. It was actually the last uh, reading that we got to read, and so we'll be in Luke chapter two, verses 10 through 14. If you have a Bible, you can open it or click through it, and if you don't, I'm praying that the, the, uh, the words will come up as I reference them. Um, so here, was, we, we've been through this, right? If you didn't catch this, or maybe you haven't been journeying with this, it was, it was the hope that we were looking forward to, this, this, this confidence, this confident expectation that Jesus is going to come. He has come, and he will come. It's the peace that Jesus came to give, not as the world gave peace or gives peace, but instead as he gives peace. We then talked about joy a few weeks back on a Sunday morning, and then love uh, this last week. And now here we are one week later, and we get to culminate all of Advent with the lighting of the Christ candle, the Messiah candle. Um, And what a beautiful thing it is. Um, I'm reminded that this is a little bit different. And I'm reminded of that because um, I've heard that hayrides are a thing in Pecan Grove. Have have you heard this? Is it a thing that people do? I I wasn't aware, uh, but it's gotten out of hand, y'all. I mean, I don't even live there, and it's just gotten out of hand. But um, I was thinking about um, the difference and the distinction which which we're celebrating tonight uh, when I think about going on a hayride. I haven't been on one in a minute, didn't go on one this year, uh, didn't even do like the drive around. The kids never asked, and I wasn't going to bring it up, so there you go. Um, And so, but the season's not over, right? I could still have to do that. I mean, get to do that uh, soon. And so, uh, but whenever I remember uh, riding around on a hayride, I remember thinking, if I was new to the United States, would what we're celebrating be clear by what we put in our front yards? Because when I drive around at all, even in my own neighborhood, uh, if I ride in the back of a pickup truck or a golf cart or a hayride, what I see more are minions What I see more of, it's not even Santa anymore. It's not even the reindeer. Uh, We've just feathered every favorite story we've ever thought of and put it in our front yards. Uh, It's minions, it's Disney characters, and I don't know why the dinosaurs have come to celebrate Jesus, but here they are. I mean, they are everywhere. The invasion of the holly jolly T-Rex, but here we are. I don't know what that's about, but I do think that if I was new to the U.S., I would be a bit confused about what it is that we celebrate around this time of the year. Um, I think that, and, and I think also, and I'm reminded again of the distinctive, the uniqueness of this story that we're celebrating. You see, this is the story. This is what Christmas is all about. It's this. God created the world, and he called it very good. And Adam and Eve were in that world in the garden, and we took that very good world, we humans, We took that very good world and we thought, you know what, we can improve upon that very good world and we can take matters into our own hands. And though it was warned of us to not define and not eat of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, we chose to eat of that tree and we wanted to define good and evil on our own terms. We didn't want God's terms anymore. We didn't want his boundaries, his limits, his lordship, his definition of what's good and evil. No, no, we want that all to ourselves. And ever since that day, we've been stuck. We've been stuck in sin. You see, if you don't believe that, then Jesus came for nothing. 
There is no good news of great joy without first remembering that we are in a world that is deeply flawed and fallen, and we as human beings are stuck in the state of sin. How's that for a Christmas Eve opener? Are you feeling good yet? No, I'm with you. You just speak to me. Whoever that was, I love it. You just bring it on. That's you. I see you. Come on. God created the world and called it very good, but we sin, and we've been stuck in that sin ever since, except for this night. And until this night of Christmas Day, our Father sent his Son to be born of the Virgin, Mary, who saw this situation that we just read, and we, she saw the impracticality of the situation that we just read. She saw the whole thing and said, how will this be? Not just that she was a a virgin and she was going to conceive. Yes, how will this be? But how are we going to get out of this mess? See, that's the longing of all of our hearts on one level or another. How are we going to get out of this mess that we have created? If you've been um, keeping track of the songs that we've been singing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, just listen to the words. Born to set thy people free. That means you're not free. Free us from our, uh, free for, uh, from our fears and sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Born thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. And that's been our theme all throughout Advent. But do you hear the language? Do you, do you hear that Jesus came and was born to set us free? Not just release us from our fear, but our sins release us. We cannot get out of this situation that we have made. Indeed, we have a human-made problem with no human solution. That's what makes this story significant and unique and beautiful. We need a rescuer. We just sang this tonight, O Holy Night. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Do you use the word pining in your normal language? Is it in your journal anywhere? Lord, I've just been pining away. I've been pining. No, it's not a word that we use, so I'll define it. It means suffering mental and physical decline because you have a broken heart. Long lay the world in sin and in error, all of us, and we've just been brokenhearted for all of our lives Hark the herald angels sing, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's the beauty of this story. That's the, that's the, the gravity of this story, and that's what brings us great joy in this story. Christmas is the good news that Jesus came as our rescuer, not looking for recompense or payback, but instead bringing with him to provide redemption and peace. Praise be to God. Don't get caught up or distracted in lesser stories. This is the only story that matters and the greatest story ever told. And it truly is good news of great joy. And it's there that I want to pick up our story in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, where the angels uh, ultimately shock the shepherds at night. And they say this, right? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The good news is for all the people. And it starts with this reassuring word to not be afraid. Um, If you've ever come to our house, you know that I love my current dogs. 
and that is said with a heavy dose of sarcasm. I love dogs. I'm a good dog owner, but this one particular dog, not my favorite. Anyways, the reason why is because anytime I come near him, say his name from the other um, uh, room, he likes to roll over in terror. His, his tail is tucked, and he, he might lose control of his body, right? Um, he has bit me multiple times just for like me trying to help him out, or maybe me trying to maybe help myself out and go, hey, you need to go over here, like I said. Uh, but like every time I'm around him or near him, he has issues. He is deathly afraid of actually most male voices, not just my own. I'm just the one that he lives with. Well, why is that? Somewhere before we got him at the age of, I think it was five months we found today, um, somebody abused that dog, probably a male, um, or at least I'm going to blame it on this anyway, so there's a reason why he won't listen to me. But somewhere in his history, someone took advantage of position and authority and ultimately abused that dog. And I would say that some of us are probably that same way with God. That's why all the time, every time an angel shows up, they say, fear not. I got good news. He even says the same thing to Mary. Don't be afraid. All the way throughout the Bible, God shows up with messengers, angels, and he tells them to not be afraid. And a lot of that is because we have a made-up story about who God is, and he's coming to pay us back. Someone somewhere in our own history took the Bible or authority and abused us with it instead of loved us with it. If we have that tendency to think about God, and we go, well, I'm just, I'm just not going to deal with him. He's mad at me. I don't want to have anything to do with him. But that is not the case with our God. Because our God is good. Our God is present. Yes, he holds authority. Yes, he's in charge of everything. Yes, he's the master. But he is good and present, and he exhibits that goodness by sending his son Jesus to die for us. Does it matter if you're a religious person? This good, this good news of great joy helps clear the air for all people. Whether you're a religious person or someone who is completely unaware, just like the shepherds were on that dark hill that night. If you're afraid of him, or perhaps you're overly confident that you have no need to fear him, you too have been invited to hear this good news. If you've got your stuff together, if you're from a foreign country, which if we think about this, we're all from a foreign country to those who are from Israel, right? And so if we're from foreign countries, from different places all over the world, it doesn't matter. Everyone is included to hear this good news of great joy for all the people. Everyone is invited. God didn't come to exclude you or condemn you or to tell you how much you don't deserve him, but to invite him into this beautiful grand story of purchasing you back from death. That's what this is about. It's about ultimately reversing the curse to bring sons and daughters around his dinner table to celebrate the coming of this king. That's what all we're doing with our family. That's why you're here. It's good and it's beautiful, and I love to, to have grandparents come and dote on, my, on their grandkids, which are my kids. But that's not the point of this. The point is to celebrate the king who has brought us into his table. You see, in this story, it's not just that the good news is here. It's not just that the good news is for all, but the details of this news story matters. 
Um, I don't know about you, but I'm watching the news, and something really significant happens on the news. Uh, and then my, my kids usually run down. They time it perfectly. will run down the stairs and start shouting or wrestling or whatever they're doing or, or asking me to do something. And I usually greet them with their ignorance of this news story that I really want to focus in on. I go, shh, quiet. I want to hear this. The details matter. You don't do this in your house? Am I the only one? Am I the only dad that gets grumpy when the news is on? I'm the only one that watches the news, apparently. But the details matter of this news story because it's not just God's posture that dispels our fears. It is the content of that news. Just look at this news. If you look at it in verse 11, it's really beautiful. For unto you, for unto you, look at that. God is giving us something. Is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord in that one short sentence is all kinds of theology that I won't unpack for you, but let me just, just briefly jump on them. In the city of David, that is our hint. Did you read all of that? He's going to come from the line of David. He is coming to sit on the throne of David. We read it all tonight. And now again, he is from the city of David. Why is that so significant? Because Luke is pulling together thousands of years of history to help us understand there's an allusion here to a bigger story that we happen to be invited into now 2,000 years after this birth. But 1,000 years prior to Jesus being born, it was said in 2 Samuel 7, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, talking about David, I will rise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. A thousand years before Jesus. This is said about Jesus. 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, it is said in Micah, which we again already read out of one of the readings. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me. One who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. See, when it says the city of David, it's inviting us to remember this is a long held out story that all of a sudden, 400 years of biblical silence from Malachi to Matthew, now all of a sudden God is saying something. And he's saying he's here. The Messiah, the Lord, the Savior he goes on to say that over and over again, right? This Savior who has come to save us from the state of sin, from the power of sin, and the temptation from sin. This Christ, this long-promised anointed one that we just read, has fulfilled more than 320 prophecies. This Lord, and this is where we're going to get hung up, y'all. This Lord, this sovereign master over the universe, that not one thing happens outside of his knowledge and his good pleasure and his will. Not one thing. He's Lord. He's in control of all things at all times and in all ways, and that includes you and me, and that's where we get hung up. That's where we start to perceive this good news of great joy, maybe as just mid-news of mid-joy. Maybe not so great after all. I don't really like the idea of someone else being Lord over me. I don't even like when my parents tell me to do something. I mean, I'm 45 years old, and my dad told me to sit down in a particular spot at my birthday dinner recently, and I went, no, nah, it ain't happening, dude. 
I'm going to sit where I want, 45 years old, bro. I didn't say it like that. Don't tell him. Okay, thanks. We don't like the idea of someone else telling us what to do and lording over us, but what if that Lord was sent here not to exercise authority over you, but to lay it down to bring you into his family? What if he used his authority and his lordship that way? Would we want to hear his good news? See, that's what's put before us. So this good news is for all people. The details matter in this good news. And then finally, and y'all, this is my third point, and I'm done. This news is for all, but it only brings peace for some. This news brings peace, but it's not for everyone. And this is the hard part. Those that will reject him as Lord and as Christ and as Savior won't receive this peace. It says it right there when the angels start to sing in verse 14. I'll just read it for you. Glory to God in the highest. I'm transported back to my Catholic roots. I almost said it. I almost sang it. I'm not going to do it. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's not everybody. The peace that God offers us is only to be found in the gospel and we will only experience that peace if we receive that good news of this coming king, of this Messiah long promised, of this Christ of this Lord who came to save us from the situation that we found ourselves in, of being stuck in a state of sin. That's what he came to rescue us from. And if we will not receive that, friends, we will not experience the peace that God has offered all of us. It's not just peace and goodwill to all men. It is peace to those with whom he is pleased. And so a question that I would be asking if I was you is how do I become one with whom God is pleased? Come to the manger. Like the shepherds out in the field, it was like a Thursday when this happened. We don't know. We probably could trace it back. But like it was just a regular old work day for them. And God interrupted them. If you keep reading in the story, they left their source of income, their security, and all their excuses on that hill that night, along with whatever threats there were to the flock, and they came, and they journeyed, and they bowed their knee to this child who was yet a king. You see, that's how we get the peace, that we respond to the revelation, we respond to the messengers saying, peace, peace. Good news, great joy, if you'll come. If you will bow down to this child and yet a king, this vulnerable one and yet powerful one, this one that needs to be burped and yet who reigns and rules, this needy and yet needing nothing, this human and yet God in the flesh. So friends, if you're here and you believe that, that God is simply pleased with you just because you're quote-unquote, a good person, why did he send his son Jesus to die for you? It would make no sense. There would be no purpose behind it. But that's the reality is because you're already good. No, of course not. But because just as we just sang about, we need a rescue, we need redemption, we need release from the pining and the brokenheartedness that we've had because of this sin. And the good news, friends, is that redemption and rescue has been sent in his son, Jesus. So when we light the Christ candle, we do so bursting in our hearts 
though it may not be seen or obvious, that's the reality of why we will set aside every Christmas Eve. Does it matter the inconvenience to ultimately our family plans? God came, and we must prepare him room. And so friends, if you've not received the good news of great joy, the invitation to the table where peace can be truly had, not like the peace gives you, where they do take backs, but a lasting peace because of Jesus' presence in your life. Not a make-believe fairy tale, but long ago these things were true and they remain true today. We're living proof. There are hundreds of people here that are living proof that they would not be doing this if not for God invading not just the darkness on that hill, but the darkness in our own hearts. May we celebrate that not just tonight, but forevermore. And so if you have not received this good news, I plead with you, I beg of you to receive the good news of great joy that God can be and wants to be pleased with you if you'll be reconciled to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we end where we began with the virgin wondering how will this be? I pray that we would celebrate, Lord, that what was impossible with man is possible with God. And though we could not fix ourselves, Jesus, you came to be born a child and yet die as a man and resurrect as a king. We are grateful. Would you invite us near as you've come near to us? Emmanuel, God with us, may we forever be awed and shocked by that. Would you make it afresh for all of us that have celebrated so many different Christmases for so many different years? Perhaps the absence of a loved one tonight is reason to not celebrate, but I pray, Lord, that the, the presence of the King would dispel that darkness for all those that are hurting for one reason or another. I pray that your goodness, your presence, your peace would be made known. Draw near to us, Lord, even as we get distracted and draw away from you, would you continue to come after us? We love you and we're grateful. In Jesus' name do we pray, amen.